Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Be The Frequency podcast. I'm your host, Shalane Carter, and this podcast is the perfect convergence of all things health, wealth, quantum physics, and spirituality. I help bring you practical tools to be able to understand and utilize the subtle energy realms to work for you to create the most abundant life. I have been everything from a single mom living off food stamps, being a makeup artist and feeling so lost, to building a six-figure business, attracting the love of my life, traveling the world and feeling incredibly aligned with my purpose here on earth. With my background in healing and being on the road to getting my PhD in integrative medicine myself, along with many other incredible guests are going to share with you how to actually change your habits and shift your frequency so you can begin to live the life that you know you were meant to. Are you ready to take the quantum leap? Let's do this. Welcome back. I, it's interesting. I feel like I've got a lot to say and a lot that I want to share with you about um, to teach and, and so something for you to learn from. Um, and I, I kind of feel sometimes when I sit down for these things, I'm like, oh gosh, where do I start? So I feel like I always just start in the beginning. Um, I had a, a, an experience that I shared a little bit about on Instagram, if you follow me there, um, this past weekend. And, and I wanted to touch on this in a podcast so I could really expound and, and expand upon this particular subject. Um, in life, we often feel like that... The, what happens is when we feel big emotions, um, when we notice patterns and things like that, it often feels very um, raw and vulnerable and we have a lot of resistance towards going back to those places that would evoke similar emotions. And so I, I, I had a very healing experience where, and this is something that I've recommended to clients before, but this particular year I've actually had two instances where I've kind of returned to this space that had a lot of meaning um, for me and and it's been so incredibly healing for me and what I found is it's something that I'm careful to recommend with clients because when you have something that um, I'm actually writing a book right now all about um, little t trauma. Um, so what that is, is it's often called little t trauma because we often think of trauma in very big ways. Um, things that are life altering events, deaths, um, car accidents, uh, this could be rape, it could be abuse, it could be, um, you know, finding a diagnosis of cancer or parents, you know, having um, Alzheimer's or something like that where it radically changes your life but what we often don't talk about and is actually running our lives more is the little t trauma and so what little t trauma is and and I've spoke about it in other other podcasts so you might be kind of familiar with it but little t trauma is actually the the trauma the abandonment of self that happens and that's really what trauma is Trauma is this sense of not being able to be with what's happening in the moment and 
some kind of escape. So the, the reason I think we often see this and, and recognize this in kind of big tree trauma events is because people elicit very obvious symptoms of PTSD where it sends them into a spiral of um, it can be shaking, it can be crying, it can be screaming, it can be severe depression, um, it can be all of these things. But what we don't see is in little t trauma, just like it happens on a more subtle scale, often the symptoms and the signs are a lot more subtle. Um, so these are things like avoidance. These are, are often things um, I feel like often relate to um, the what the Buddha calls the five enemies. Um, craving, aversion, um, sloth, or agitation. So that would be, again, not doing things, procrastination, or keeping yourself busy, um, and also doubt, right? Constantly in the self-sabotaging cycle. So what I find really interesting and in, in, in my work where I'm really trying to bridge this gap is between these Eastern ancient medicines and practices and ideologies and what we think is more like Western, like more oh, this new thing, and fucking Buddha's been talking about it for a long time. So, <laughs> like, I know you think it's new, you've just put new words to it, and that's fine, and that's that's everything. Everything is a remix. Everything, you kind of take it, you adapt it, you make it something different, and then you put it out into the world, um, which is how learning is supposed to be. And so little t trauma is things that you often don't remember, and they usually happen before the ages of seven or eight years old, and there's a reason for those ages. I've talked about those in, in other podcasts. We're not going to get into that today. But what happens is during, not half, but you figure really you don't get eloquent sentences or full sentences until they're looking at three, four, and five, right? So almost a third of that time you are nonverbal. And then a third of that time, you really don't actually have the words to articulate what you're feeling. You can articulate that you're, you're food, you want a banana, you are hurt. Um, but if you notice the, during those those time periods, which people call you know the the terrible twos, or I always thought that threes were, I was like you're a three major. Um, threes were so worse. I thought that they have all of these feelings and they start to have some words but they can't actually articulate exactly what they're feeling and so their needs still aren't met. <laughs> and that's the thing is, being a parent is, is a, a, not that you're perfect all the time and you're never going to, I'm gonna break the ice for you right now and I'm going to make you feel better about your parenting. You are going to condition your child, you are going to fuck them a up a little bit with little t trauma and that is okay, that's normal. You're never going to meet the child's every need at every moment because you are also a human. You are also on your learning experience. You're just at a different point in the, the chronological uh, line, right, than they are. And so we're all learning and we're all trying to do better. Um, and that's why one of the, the best things that you can do is begin to be responsible for yourself in the way that you show up. So this, this little T trauma um, is things like when they're two years old and they're crying and they have a really hard time and you're also having a really hard day. And maybe you're really frustrated and you've got all these other things going on. Maybe there's financial issues, maybe there's job issues or marital issues. And the kid starts crying and you're like, you start crying too. And the kid looks at you and is like, oh, 
my parents crying. This is weird. And so all of a sudden they maybe come over to you and give you a hug. Now in normal moments that may not look or, and it may not be something that they hang on to or respond from. However, that moment of when the child has a need, but they abandoned their needs because they recognize somebody else also has needs and it seemed more important, that could be little t trauma. And that's what I'm saying. Little t trauma is, again, it's subtle. It's usually, it is so subconscious. It is A lot of times we are so unaware of it until after the fact. And this is what the unlearning is about. This is what the deconditioning is about. And so we start to learn all of these habits and all of these behavior patterns that really start to become what we call our personality, what I actually call is our conditioning. So one thing that I've noticed is that that is a lot of what I practice in energy healing is this looking at kind of this small, it is this small tree, it's, it's emotional trauma. And again, we think of emotional trauma and uh, emotional abuse as having to scream and yell and, uh, and that's not all those things. Um, emotional trauma can be having a parent who's passive aggressive. And so every time you do something wrong and they ignore you, right, you feel isolated. So every time you have something going on as to not feel shunned, you suppress your feelings. And these start very, very young. It's not like at you know, 18 years old, all of a sudden you're like, I'm gonna suppress my feelings. No, that's not how it works. They're learned behaviors. And so healing is really about undoing and untying and uncovering who you really are. And this, this little T trauma, this conditioning, this patterning that's really been covering who you are up like a pile of leaves that slowly as you start to kind of push some of them away right you start to move and your fingers and your arms they really start to wiggle out until all of a sudden you're like surprise here I am right and then that's really what happens and then you know because it's fall we're gonna keep going with this pile of leaves thing like you've come out of this very momentous thing this is usually when I feel like people have their their um, spiritual awakening or a dark night of the soul or whatever you want to call it where their life really begins to transition but then you're still maybe wearing a lot of hats and a lot of coats because it's cold outside and you're trying to protect yourself and then it starts to warm up and you start to feel the heat from the inside out right <coughs> the seasons start to change and so then you start to take off all of those layers too and that's really when I think when that happens is really when this transition of looking at the at yourself as something's wrong with you and you start to look at all of these patterns and all of these things that have made you not you with loving kindness loving kindness which was also a teaching of the Buddha <laughs> looking at yourself through this lens that you're just giving yourself the loving kindness that you would extend to a child that was hurt or a child that was confused, or a child that needed help. And all of a sudden, when you start to see patterns, you start to smile. And that's really what's been happening for me this past year or so. I felt so much less reactive, so much more. What's interesting is in the flow in a weird way, but also it's felt like a season of rest, which sometimes for people does not feel in the flow. Flow seems like a lot of movement and action. And flow can also be like the slow trickling of, of a stream where it, it kind of changes, right? It changes the speed and the pattern and 
And that's really what it's felt like for me this past year. Um, and so one of the things um, I did um, while I was on my honeymoon and seeing things and having experiences that really helped to heal myself, um, which I didn't know that I needed so much. And then another one happened this past weekend. Um, a few years ago, you might remember there was a, I live in Las Vegas and there was a shooting in Las Vegas um, at a country music festival. It was the Route 91 Harvest Festival. It was a three day festival. Um, this was the second year that it was running. I had gone the first year, really loved it. I love country music. I love, um, I love that they sing honestly around a lot of things that are just very like basic and simple. And, and I feel like that's really how life is. Um, when it comes down to it, again, the most important things for everybody is is your health is your relationships and usually your career your purpose and that's usually what country music is about um and i, I always feel like it's really easy listening so um it's fun it can be playful and it's usually always about it, drinking dogs and trucks that those are the other sub things right right like after that and um and i uh so i went the first year the second year went, was going again. I was really excited. The We went Friday night and I can't remember who, I think it was Lady Antebellum who closed up Friday night and really great lineup. And then we went Saturday. Sam Hunt was the, the closer the, that evening. I love Sam Hunt. I um, was so excited. I was at the single at the time. I was like, he's so good looking. Um, you know, very, very excited. Anyways, I go with my best girlfriend we're having a great time. And I, I recognize that I see now at that time in my life, I never really drank when I was home. I was a single parent. I lived um, alone. My, my brother, I think, was living with me at the time. Um, but he had his own life. Like he was um, doing his own thing and stuff like that. And, um, and I never really drank at home. Um, mostly because I was the, I was the person in charge. Um, he's my younger brother. And, and, I'm the eldest child, and so I'm very much aware of kind of always thinking, you know, like a mom, 19 steps ahead. And um, so I just, I, I never wanted to be out of control if something were to happen or, or I was needed. So really the only time that I drank, I would go out with my friends, usually about every other weekend, um, so two, maybe three times a month. Um, and I always kind of made the joke that I was making up for, for lost time. Um, but really what I noticed would happen is when I would go out and I don't know if this is what your relationship to drinking is like, and this is where a lot of people are like, Oh, I don't have a problem with drinking. Um, it's not necessarily that you drink in excess of like every single night. Like you, you think kind of a, a stereotypical, I think what um, a stereotype of an alcoholic is you, you know, drink throughout the day or you get wasted every night. And, and that's not necessarily the case. And I wouldn't necessarily identify as an alcoholic, but I recognize my patterns with alcohol, just like my patterns with everything else. Um, is that because I wore the hat of responsibility at this point, I um, was a business owner. Um, I was making great money. I was making six figures. I had employees, but I also um, was a single parent. I did not share custody. So it just kind of a lot of responsibility all the time. And I really felt like when I would go out with my girlfriends, I was like, oh, I can finally let loose. And it, it was almost, I started to make the association in my mind that in order to be this free spirit that I, I feel like I naturally am, I'm a little wild, a little adventurous, that alcohol was really the vehicle that helped me do that. 
And so during, when I would go out, I would over drink um, often. Not every single time, but often I would stay out too late and way later than I wanted. And because of what happens in the, um, the bio, the gut biodome. So what happens is the alcohol kills bacteria, correct? Um, it kills your gut bacteria. Well, that includes the bacteria that helps to make serotonin and um, some other hormones in your gut. So I always joke that my emotional hangover was way worse always than my physical hangover. I seem to be very resilient physically um, and didn't get bad hangovers, which I think is part of the reason why I was like, it's fine to like overindulge. So this was one of those nights. Way too much to drink. By the time we got to Sam Hunt, um, we decided the best idea was to sober up because we still had a little bit. So we were gonna sit in the back because we were basically too drunk to fight our way to the front. Got ourselves a giant log of curly fries because it was all like fair food um, with like nacho cheese that is not good for you. But it, my taste buds really liked it. And sat at the back of this like outdoor venue thing. We could still kind of see the stage um, because we were so far back and we really couldn't see him. He looked like a Polly Pocket. And, you know, <laughs> just sat at the back, singing the songs by ourselves, like leaning against something and eating these curly fries. And we, the night ended, we still went on to another location <laughs> because making really smart decisions and ended up, you know, went home, whatever. So then um, the next day felt terrible, really, really terrible, really tired. Um, we decided we're gonna sell our tickets. I forever, uh, I mean, I, I've moved past it and through it now, but for a long time felt very guilty um, because I knew the people that I sold them to that night. So sold our Sunday tickets, Sunday night was the shooting. So these people, I, sh I should have been there. I should have been, my girlfriend and I should have been there, but because of poor decisions we made the night before, we were not, which then I felt guilty for selling these tickets to people that I knew and then they had to, they went through this experience. Um, but after all was said and done, I, I wanna say like, you know, six months or so go by and, and my best girlfriend and I, we, we talk about it and we're like, you know what, if Sam Hunt comes again, I really do want to see him. I feel like we did not, that was not the experience that either of us wanted. And I recognize part of that, that was that I didn't want every time I, I had noticed I had gone to other concerts because again, we would, you know, I would get a babysitter. So this, you know, two times a month that I would go out if we were going to a concert or something like that. I would get a babysitter, I would over drink even at the concert. And so I, it happened another, it happened a couple of times where I didn't like that, that a lot of my memories were these blurred memories. I mean, I could remember stuff, but it really, it's different than being so present and in the moment and, and just the natural way that your body subconscious like stores your memories and you don't remember everything vividly to feel like alcohol has taken that from you. That feels very different. And so I really, this past like two years, especially when everything shut down and everybody was drinking a lot more and everybody's like, we're staying home, it's five o'clock every hour. <laughs> um, I really started to evaluate um, my relationship to alcohol and, and what it did for me. And when I took my 300 hour yoga teacher training, part of it is you go on this, it's called a quantum cleanse. 
And there's a, a book on it if you want to look it up. I can't remember um, the author right offhand, but it's called The Quantum Cleanse. But you give up um, animal products, sugar, gluten, um, alcohol, coffee or caffeine. Um, I feel like I'm missing one thing. Anyways, you give all these things up. And so during that time, I, I gave it up and I really start to recognize not only how, I mean, everything. My, I, my relationship, even to coffee, you guys, I was drinking. So that I was drinking. I'm really surprised that I did not have like, that my heart didn't like jump out of my chest at one point because I was drinking. I would buy the electric buzz from... Trader Joe's and it had like a hundred and like 60 or 180 milligrams of caffeine which is a fucking lot okay and then I would go get a venti cold brew from Starbucks okay so mind you I'm already on like my health journey I'd already I think at this point possibly done one bikini competition really started to become aware of some things done some healing work around some other stuff and that's what I mean I think people are so hard on themselves that they're not just like a whole new person after like one healing session or one sound ceremony. The thing is your life is progressionary. It's like a spiral. So it, what happens is you, we'll get to this, but you kind of get to this point where you do smile when you start to see patterns that you're like, mm, I could work on that instead of being shameful and, and really persisting in the guilt. So I, um, I had cut out caffeine. I recognized how much I used caffeine to always keep going. I was like, no wonder I could get so much shit done. I was like a fucking energizer bunny, like, um, and kind of the same thing with, with alcohol. What's interesting is I never really used it when I was sad. I always used it as like a celebration type thing. Well, when you celebrate birthdays, weddings, you know, you get a promotion, you had a great day. I'm celebrating this happened. That's the thing is there's always going to be something. And so we decided we're going to go to Sam Hunt again. And I was like, I, I want to have a very different experience. And we did. And it was really important. So Sam Hunt um, did another concert here in Las Vegas. We bought tickets like when they first went on sale six months prior to this. I'd almost forgotten that we were going. And we ended up going to dinner. We got this margarita at dinner, split it, ate dinner. Went there, got one drink, watched the opener, had a great time, um, stayed with the same type of alcohol, which is important, <laughs> um, and just really enjoyed the music. Like, made sure that we ate food and appropriately so we, we felt fine. Um, we ended up having one more cocktail, and at the in between the opener and and the rest of the concert so then the rest of the concerts like what an hour and a half or so maybe two hours long um it takes you a half an hour to get out of a venue and another you know 45 minutes waiting in traffic to get out of get out of that um and i got home and i was felt completely sober for the most part um over a six hour period i had had two and a half cocktails I remember every single thing, my relationship to alcohol, I felt no guilt. And that was the important part is I wanted to, if I didn't want to drink, I didn't want to drink. If I wanted to have a cocktail, I wanted to have a cocktail. Um, but it was really that looking at the way in which I approached the alcohol, the way in which I approached going out with my friends, the way in which I approached experiences, 
was different. And I was like, this is going to be different. And it was, it was so good. We had such a great time and the music just felt like it like washed over my body. And I remember just leaving, like beaming ear to ear, like this is, this is the kind of life that I want to live where I really look at the things that make me not me. And if I don't have a good relationship with them, then I step away from them. And if I don't know how, and I don't come back until I do can, can approach it differently. And that's when the healing happens. This is that moment that I'm talking about that I kind of alluded to at the beginning is that I think it is really important to when you're experiencing things and you have issues and, and I think AA and, and NA might have a little bit of a different view on this. Um, but I think you need to remove yourself for a, from the situation for a period of time in which you can really reevaluate, reevaluate, but also reestablish. It's not just about looking at the patterns and it, and knowing that that's your trigger. It's about developing and establishing a new foundation in which you move through life and experience life. Cause you're not going to avoid alcohol in every single part of your life for the rest of your life. It's never going to disappear off the face of the earth. You're going to go to a restaurant. They're going to hand you a menu and be like, here's the cocktail menu or here's the wine menu because that's their job, right? You're never going to go to somebody's birthday party. And unless they are also sober and maybe don't offer any of that because of that, but there is something about stepping away. And this is kind of what I think 300, the 300 hour experience, um, we do it also in 200 hour, but it, I was at a different place in my life and I learned different lessons then. Um, but this 300 hour yoga teacher training experience, I really started to see my relationship to food, my relationship to coffee, my relationship to alcohol, but also how it affects us. And I started to look at all the ways in which I soothed myself with external things. And so it was so important for me to be able to be able to ex be exposed to exper an experience again. And this is what I think is important is have enough time away, reevaluate, notice your triggers, reevaluate a foundation to move from, and then intentionally, not just somebody springs it upon you and you're not prepared intentionally put yourself in that place where you might have that experience again. You might have that temptation again, but you go in prepared and equipped to experience it differently. That feels more healing than anything else because your nervous system says, oh, something similar happened. Your energetic body recognizes something, but the neural pathways that fired and wired before have fizzled out. And you've created new neural pathways where you can just have one drink or two drinks. And I'm pretty sure the only reason we got a drink was because, because he had this like special, it really was like, it was just a mule with tequila. Um, but he for sure named it a, a, a name of one of his songs. And so I was like, this might be different. Let me give this a try. <laughs> but I intentionally knew going in the experience that I wanted to have. And I was like, I don't want, 
anything else. And so I'm prepared to make those decisions and really hold myself accountable. And it felt really good and very healing. And all of this small t trauma of growing up, this is where mine comes from, growing up being the oldest of, of five kids and often taking on a lot of responsibility as the oldest child that I feel like a lot of times the fun me only came out when I was around my friends, which is unfortunate that like that fun me couldn't be at home or it just felt very private. And so I continued that behavior into adulthood and I just began to make the association with alcohol. And so this was such a good lesson for me that it feels more solidified energetically in my body and that it might be something for you that you might wanna start to take a look at. And if you're, you're like, I don't know if I can do it, I need that support system, yoga teacher training is such a great way to be able to do that. Because during the training, not only do you have the support, but you really are kind of learning a lot of the, I don't mean yogic lifestyle, like, oh, you wake up every morning, everything is peaceful, you do a long practice, but what goes on in your mind starts to feel a lot more unified and a lot more peaceful with your actions, what happens in your body. And, and um, it's something that I've taken to... And both times my life has drastically changed for the better. I don't know anybody that has come out of yoga teacher training. They're like, shit, my life's a lot worse. If anything, if anything, their life has increased in, in joy, in simple pleasures, in awareness of who they are tenfold. If that's something you're, that you're really wanting, I'm actually hosting um, with Mackenzie Fly, um, hosting yoga teacher training in Las Vegas. It's a three-month program. Um, I'd love, I'll put more information and I'll put a link to the registration page below. But if you do want more information on this, you can always send me an email, shalanecarter at gmail.com. And I can give you more information because it, it's not just about the cleanse part of, of um, and we, we only do that for a little bit of the, the yoga teacher training. It's not the full three months, but there's so much value and so much change that can happen in your life that if you're kind of at this space of curiosity of like, I'm kind of tired of my same patterns, yoga teacher training is such a great place to feel held and supported in a container. You don't ever have to want to teach yoga, but it really starts to position you in such a way that you can start to to walk into experiences that, that maybe you would have reacted a certain way before and because of the awareness that you have through the, that you develop through this training, you start to respond differently, start to respond differently. And this, these behaviors and things that you've been conditioned and learned from childhood, again, they, they start to untie and unveil what's underneath, which is just a, a more true you, the highest you, the highest version of you. And it, it feels like this beautiful becoming. And um, that, that's kind of what this, this past weekend felt like of, of this version of me that really felt like it had finally seen the light. Like maybe it had been hidden under those pile of leaves for a little too long. And I can maybe see glimmers and glimpses of it, but this really felt like this finally being able to emerge from underneath. And 
and it was not just with alcohol, but it's the way in which I relate to who I am as somebody who is very playful, who is a little bit wild and, and free spirited, that it's okay to let that person out all the time. And it's safe to do those things. And I don't need alcohol to be any of those things. I am that way all of the time. Um, you know, I, it, it just feels very, very freeing. So if you're ready for that kind of change or you're wanting that kind of change in your life or this kind of sparks your curiosity, please send me an email or you can click the link below and kind of get a, a feel for the schedule or um, I, I have lots more details for you if, if you're really like, I'm thinking about it, but I'm not sure. Just ask, just reach out and I'd love to share that with you. Um, I encourage you that if you've worked through something and you've been scared to put yourself back in that space again to, to, to fear that you might go down those paths, prepare yourself. Set yourself some types of limits. Mine was I'm having two cocktails, that's it. And when that's done, that's done. And I mean, we had even talked about like maybe afterwards stopping at a bar and we were just like, no, you know what, I don't feel like it. I kinda wanna go home and go to bed, like we're tired, meh. And we just didn't. We just didn't, it was no big deal. It didn't felt like I, I needed to keep going or I needed I needed more that the night wasn't over. It was okay to just go home. And that was felt so satisfying. Um, if you're needing help moving through some some hard things or or notice that you do have a lot of you're noticing some of your patterns and your behaviors coming up and you need some help working through it, um, I can also help you work through that in an energy healing session. As always, please reach out to me. Follow me on Instagram, at Shalene Carter, or TikTok, also at Shalene Carter. I feel like I'm a lot funnier over on TikTok. They really just let your freak flag fly over there. Um, and as always, you guys, as always, be kind to yourself. But encourage yourself to do hard things. Brush up against something uncomfortable in order to be able to change, to choose differently, to do differently, so you can truly be the frequency. I love you. Cheers.